Good evening. Tonight, I have some very chilling and true prison stories for y'all. Please let me know which was your favourite and why. And if you are new and enjoy, please do subscribe. Anyway, without further ado, let's begin. Number 1 Johnny came into our jail one night, ranting and raving, screaming he was cursed by the voodoo man. Not so unusual here, but Johnny was wearing a very nice suit, and in his wallet were the signs of living a normal life. None expired ID, gold Amex card in his name, around a hundred bucks in cash. Because of his psychotic state, he went into isolation. Days went by, wouldn't make a phone call, wouldn't eat or drink, continued to constantly yell at everyone to call the voodoo man in Miami and pay him the money. Mental health and medical personnel monitored him. We even sent him out to the hospital, but none of the experts could tell us anything other than he's having a psychotic break. Antipsychotic drugs seem to have little effect except to increase his ranting. Another week goes by. No one calls about this guy. We find out he was an executive working at a local bank. His employers told us he was a great employee. He'd been arrested for standing on a corner downtown, screaming and spitting. And when the officers tried to take him into custody to transport to a mental health facility, he fought and battered the officers. He lost weight rapidly. He was a well-built man, about 6'2", and 220 when he came in. Within the two weeks we had him, he was down to 160. He was dark-complected, but his skin looked grey and hung on him. And the smell, really, really the smell. You could smell him on the whole floor, and it was like nothing you had ever smelled before. Not quite decay, not quite gangrene, not quite vomit or feces, but all that rolled together in a roiling funk that travelled extensively. With a strange edge of spiciness, kind hot saucy. No idea why I remember that so well, but I've never smelled anyone like him before or since. The thing is, you few times he was semi-lucid, you could tell he was an okay guy. He'd plead with you to call Miami and pay the man. Use his Amex card, but he didn't have the number to the man. He said it was in his wallet. We looked, but never found this number. On a Saturday morning, our watch commander got a phone call from someone claiming to be Johnny's mother. She was excited to have found him, 
and told the WC they would drive to our facility tomorrow to get him. In a thick Haitian accent, she said they had paid the voodoo man and he would be okay now. Could they possibly bond him out and take him back to Miami on Sunday? Mama explained what had happened prior to Johnny's arrest. On vacation from his bank job, he went back to Miami to be with his family. While there though, he wanted to get in touch with his Haitian roots. He was born in Florida, but felt a need to get in touch with where he came from. So he attended a voodoo ceremony, got scared and wanted to leave. And then was cursed by the voodoo man, who said he would become a zombie if the voodoo man was not paid a certain amount of money in a specified time. Johnny didn't think much of that threat and despite the warnings from his family, laughed it off and went back to work. The day the debt remained unpaid, his descent began. We worked with the judge and the arresting officers to get the charges dropped if the family took him home. I went up to his isolation cell to tell him his family was coming to get him. No smell. At all. His colour was back. He was still thin, but was sitting on his bunk eating lunch. And completely lucid. He was delighted and told me he knew his family was coming, because he knew the man was paid. Sunday, his whole family, about seven of them, about seven of them, came to the jail to get him dressed in their church clothes. I talked with his mother, a delightful lady in a light yellow skirted suit, wearing a fabulous feathered hat. She thanked me for helping her son, and as he walked out in his wrinkled suit, a rope holding up his sagging pants, she told me, you have to pay the voodoo man, he should have known that. Number two. Less bloody in a way, but there was a woman there who was definitely developmentally delayed. She had tried to kill her mother, and while the mother was escaping, she ran her over, put it in reverse, floored it back over her again, and finally put it into drive over her one last time. The mother was actually extremely abusive and was in the same prison in a different part. The daughter would always have her arms inside her shirt. You'd only see her arms when she was sitting like eating or something. She's across from me one day eating and I see her drop a pile of something. I immediately was like, what the fuck? You can't have stuff in the chow hall. What is this girl doing? It was kinda loud when she dropped it, so it wasn't laundry. It looked kinda like meat. How and why does she have meat? We're eating spaghetti right now. Oh my god. 
that's her intestines and guts just falling out of her torso onto the floor she's struggling to gather all of it it looks slippery after that I noticed her dropping her guts onto the floor on a regular basis and had to stop being around her at all it smelled to me and the other girls would have her pull it out sometimes so gross number three we had these things at the prison called mini yards pretty much fenced enclosures with a basketball hoop and a concrete floor that were attached to the galleries and separated from the main yard at 8.15 the inmates would lock down and by 9 and by 9 we had our count for the evening after that count no one was allowed to leave their cell until 4am when workers were let out to the kitchen my first time working the night I was sitting in the control centre when the computer started pinging that someone had pushed the intercom button on the outside of the mini yard this of course freaked me out seeing as how I had not let anyone out there and anyone who wanted to get in from the outside would have to climb through three rows of razor wire I brought up the camera feed hoping maybe a maintenance guy for some reason had used a key to get in from the outside there was nothing out there I assumed it was a computer glitch and cleared the call it immediately rung again still nothing on the camera feed the button that was being pushed was used by the inmates to let us in the control centre know that they wanted to come inside there is also a speaker by the button that we can use to talk to them I selected intercom and spoke into it asking who was there there's no answer I decided I should call my lieutenant at the least this was a serious glitch that needed to be fixed and at the worst it was someone who had managed to stay out in the mini yard hours after lockdown and was messing with me so I called him and reported it and all he said was yeah that happens just open the intercom and tell him that the mini yard is closed and then hung up so I opened the intercom to the seemingly empty mini yard and say sorry the mini yard is closed in the same way I would tell the actual inmates on the day shift lo and behold it stops ringing in I would like to thank all of you who made it thus far if you have any chilling stories of your own feel free to message me on twitter or leave your story on my reddit page both links will be in the description have a wonderful evening thank you 
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.